1: Welcome to
2: IDopodcast.com, where fun and inspiring relationship experts, therapists, and couples share tips and advice that will help lead you to a fulfilling and happy relationship. Let their guidance illuminate your path to happiness. Are you ready to create lasting love? And now, your hosts, Chase and Sarah.
0: Okay, let's get started. We're very excited. To introduce our new guest today, Dr. Greg Kaysen. Hi, Dr. Greg.
2: Hello. Hi, Chase and Sarah. Sarah and Chase, which one goes first? I don't even know. Sarah's (laughs) first.
1: Good to
2: be here. Very good man. Very good man, I must (laughs) say. You're off to a good start. Awesome.
1: Dr. Greg Kaysen is a licensed psychologist in Beverly Hills, specializing in cognitive therapy with individuals and couples. He has his undergrad from UCLA, master's from California State University, and Ph.D. from University of Houston. Throughout his more than 15 years as a licensed psychologist in California, he has treated hundreds of individuals and couples, exceeding the 10,000-hour mark doing therapy. He writes a Q&A column for the LGBT community on Shoutout Health, has been featured on the Tyra Banks show, Extra, and you may also know Dr. Kaysen from Bravo's TV show, L.A. Shrinks. Yay.
0: Yay. <laughs> well, we've given our listeners a little overview. So take a minute. Tell us a little more about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships.
2: Oh, well, you know that. Wow. You just hit me with that one. Why do I enjoy people <laughs> helping people? It is a calling. That's all I can say. You know, whenever people ask, somebody, why they're a therapist, and then they also kind of add on the tagline of, I could never sit there and listen to people. That's all I want to do all day long is sit and listen to people. Although, you know, now I seem to be talking a mile a minute, but I love to sit and listen to people and to help them with their problems. There is no more rewarding work that you can do. And I'll tell you with relationships, it's all about relationships. I don't think we're on this earth to be alone we're on this earth to be connected to other people and that helping people to repair relationships and to strengthen relationships is one of life's greatest gifts so i mean i'm rewarded every day when i do my work um what was the first part of the question more about myself
0: yeah just a little more about yourself
2: (laughs) (laughs) i was born in hawaii (laughs) My, my family moved back over here to california and i grew up here on the beach so you know, I have lots of sun damage and, you know, uh, but I love this life. What can I say? And, uh, but right now, yeah, I, I have my practice. I'm also a, a professor at UCLA. I'm an adjunct professor in the psychiatry program. And there I teach cognitive behavioral therapy. And um, I also, regular on Nancy Gray's show, and I also have another column, um, which I'm very proud of, called Off the Couch, which is a column in Frontiers Magazine, which is an L.A. publication, but you can get it online at FrontiersLA.com, where I just give a lot of advice about things. So, yeah, right now I'm actually working on a series of how to train your man, basically. So I just submitted my second column for that, but it's a whole series I'm working on in teaching people sort of how they can actually train their man, be they a woman or a man.
0: That's great well we really look forward to getting into that uh, topic yeah. uh, here shortly and uh, if you can just give a little overview of what cognitive therapy is for our listeners who don't really don't really know what it is
2: yeah that's actually a great question. cognitive therapy is really working with people in with their thoughts and helping them to change accept or deal with their thoughts differently in order to help them to feel better and to to act better, to act in more the way they want. Um, so we actually give them concrete tools to make concrete changes in their lives. And it's all based on what they want and what they want to achieve. The interesting thing about cognitive therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy, which is really the overarching uh, name for the field, is that it's based on research. Um, so we know these techniques to work. So it's not based on conjecture where someone's just sort of um, decided that they have the answers and that they're a guru, it's actually based on science, and they put, put these techniques up for a test in a lab, and we actually see these things work because basically we're all animals and we all work the same.
1: I love it, and, and you're dealing with facts there, so like you said, it, it's proven through science. What are the primary yeah. reasons couples seek cognitive therapy?
2: Well, you know, couples generally don't seek Cognitive therapy, couples just seek therapy. They don't even, and generally they don't want therapy for themselves, I hate to say it. They generally want it for their partner. The number one reason most couples come to therapy is that they want to fix their partner because their partner is usually the problem in most people's eyes. And when couples therapy, generally that's kind of what's going on, very funny. But they see a problem basically in the relationship and they want the relationship fixed. So when they come to me, I I give them therapy based on the relationship, which isn't necessarily cognitive. A lot of it is very behavioral, which is based on how they can treat their partner differently in order to get a different result.
0: When you say how you treat people a certain way that kind of goes into the your topic that you mentioned and your articles how to train your man so are there any you know going on that what are your articles about and really what is theme of that message
2: well you know what is I, I basically you could go how to train your man or woman first of all but I don't I think it's really a dicey topic to say how you can train your woman it's you know it's a power thing in this society so, I just said basically, I'm not touching that.
1: I'm just going <laughs> to tell you,
2: tell you how, other people how you can train your man. So, basically, um, we're all animals and we all react the same. So, you can apply these principles basically to anyone, even your boss. But the basic principle is based in learning theory, um, and that's something we know to be true. And the basic principle is when your man does something that's followed by something he finds pleasant. Um, he's more likely to do it again in the in the future. It's really just that simple. So if your man does something like takes out the trash and you express appreciation or say thank you or something else, uh, he's more likely to do it again in the future. Just as simple as that. What the articles are based on is trying to teach people how to recognize that principle how to recognize the principle of training people to do something through usually positive reinforcement, teaching people to stop doing something, that's usually by um, withdrawing positive reinforcement Mm -hmm. versus punishment, and I talk about that, and then also learning to accept people when they don't necessarily do what you want, because they're... As you guys know in relationships, and one thing that's true in all relationships, is that we don't always get what we want in our partner. And in fact, once the romance dies down in the beginning and we begin to see the flaws, um, we begin to see a lot of them. And a lot of those so-called flaws that we see are changes that may never be made. And so we need to learn to accept them in our relationship in order to be happy. So I basically cover those three bases.
0: What would you say for the women that think their husband should just take out the trash because they should just do it? What do you say to them in terms of how they should treat their husband or say something else? What would you recommend on that?
2: (laughs) I would say to these women, they are dreaming, they are crazy, (laughs) they need to wake up and smell the coffee. Because unless your man is already taking out the trash and loves doing it just for its intrinsic value, which... I personally don't know what that might be, because um, some people may actually like it. Um, I love taking but, it out the trash. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. It can be a metaphor for many things, too. I've trained him but, well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, you probably are using these techniques, then. But, yes, people that think people should just know, they get under my skin like I can't even tell you. Because we don't all just know. And one thing that's true about men more than women is you have to hit them over the head with a frying pan to get their attention sometimes. So if your man's not taking out your trash, then bottom line is you need to vocalize that you would like the trash taken out. But here's a real dangerous category is a lot of people uh, start to build up resentment over a behavior that the other person hasn't been doing. So let's say he hasn't been taking out the trash. You could build up resentment and you could start nagging and threatening and complaining and criticizing. You never take out the trash. And all that does then is create an atmosphere where when the man thinks about taking out the trash, all he thinks about is the nagging and complaining and bitching. And then he's just going to think, I don't want to do it. And I don't even want to talk to her because, you know, she's just going to complain to me. So it starts to create a divide in the relationship. So the first thing to do when you start to make a change is to clear out the debris. You gotta clear out the debris of the negative in the relationship. And that when you're let's say if you want to take out the trash, the first thing to do is to stop the complaining and stop the criticizing. And that may take a while because you're gonna to have to get them to unlearn that you're gonna be mean about it. Shall I continue?
0: <laughs> no, no, yeah. I was going to say, is it safe to say that you shouldn't assume that your partner knows exactly how you're feeling and then it's always better to express it because in the end it could end up causing more trouble or more complications?
1: Out of nothing.
2: Absolutely. And in fact, I'd say that I hate to be sexist, but this is something that women are better at than men is, is understanding how. Uh, other people feel they tend to be more empathic than men. Now, there are lots of examples of men who are incredibly empathic. I, I count myself among one of them, but one thing I can say about my gender is that generally they don 't always get it, and so it is really helpful to understand that sometimes the other person just doesn 't understand they don 't understand how you 're feeling they don 't understand what you want. And if you get mad at them, all they get is confused and get even more afraid to say uh, or to ask. So it's really important to open your mouth and say what you're feeling versus expecting them to get it.
1: Excellent. That's great information there. We want to ask you, the people that you see, is there a common reason that couples come to you and with struggles in the relationship? Oh, you know, all the, you you mean the common, like, issues that they present?
0: You originally said a lot of people come to therapy because they want to try and change their partner.
1: Yeah. So what That's the overarching one. (laughs) Right.
0: Is there there another issue that is a common trend that you find?
1: Well,
2: by the way, people don't come in saying, I want to change my partner. That's just what it is. Right. I mean, basically. Because they, they, generally people don't come in and say, you know what, I'm having trouble. They do. If they do believe they're having trouble, generally they go to individual therapy to try to fix that. Um, In couples, they're really trying to get their partner to act differently. Um, And, you know, I've been to couples therapy myself in my relationship, and I count myself among one of those. You know, change that person. They need fixing. It's just a natural dynamic that we go through, so it's not necessarily wrong. But the other issues, the ones they usually present with very commonly are, one, communication. They just don't understand me. Two is finances, and finances are really interesting because finances are, in learning theory, we call that a generalized conditioned reinforcer. The bottom line about money is it stands for everything else. And people usually have very uh, interesting views of what money brings them. For some people, it's safety. For some people, it's freedom. For some people, it's security, Um And those conflicts can come up in in couples about money, and it usually means something more deep. It's usually something about their own personal upbringing and values. So that's why money actually is a really powerful issue. Children and raising children, huge. Um, And it can be everything from discipline to religion um, and what they bring up. And things can be very big and heated. And, of course, the biggest that you often hear about is sexual issues, and people often come in with sexual differences. Um, it's rare to find a couple that has the same sexual appetite or lots of exactly the same things, and if they do, they generally have all kinds of other troubles, and if their sex life is great, you usually see all kinds of other wild things. So... You know, it seems like no couple is free from problems. Every couple has to deal with things. It's really in how they deal with it that's the key rather than uh, being problem-free because that's being problem-free is asking too much. All couples have problems. And, in fact, if you work on your problems um, together and work through the conflicts together, you can actually strengthen the relationship, and that's the real beauty of it.
1: So now we are going to get into the his and her round where Sarah and I will each ask a question that's on our minds. Sarah, you're up. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, my question kind of relates to uh, one of the issues you were just talking about, money and finances in a relationship. We're a newly engaged couple. We'll be getting married in October. And what would you recommend? Congratulations. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> always pause for that
2: one. Just like saying I'm pregnant and people always
0: fall. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self. What would you recommend is the best way to deal with finances for a newly engaged couple or can help resolve any big issues down the line?
2: Yeah, well, you know what, though I can't necessarily resolve the big issues down the line, we can lay a better foundation. So everything depends right now on you laying a strong foundation in all areas. And so with finances, you're going to want to talk about what it is that you both, how you both see money and what you both and how money is, how you deal with money. And you already observed each other's spending patterns and saving patterns and different things. It's also really good to be honest about uh your expenses and about debts that you have and just sort of lay everything on the table and agree before you get married about how you're going to handle those things. Okay. Um, a lot of couples go in just wearing blinders and thinking, Everything is fine. Um, some people go into relationships, and generally they don't say it, of uh, thinking, well, what's mine is mine, and what his or hers is mine. You know, what the other person's is mine, too. And then the, the other person could think the same, and then you've got a real conflict going. Um, so it's good to have all those discussions up front to share your debts, to share what your financial situation is, And then also share your dreams and your goals about what you want for the future, because one thing is creating a a vision for the future and going for it together is going to help the two of you. And if there's any concrete thing I can say is to support your partner in helping them to achieve what they want, but also create a collective vision for the couple right now.
0: That's great. So I pretty much need to stop my shopping habit then, if we're gonna
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, she just well, needs to communicate. Did, did it. With
0: you. Exactly. You <laughs> <laughs> said I need to just communicate that. <laughs>
2: there you
0: go. <laughs> great.
1: Well, thanks for that information. My question is we talked a lot about training your man and I know you said you, you can train your woman too, but it's kind of oh, you know, okay. not something you wanna say. <laughs> Say because and, and I do understand why, but maybe training's just not the right word, but if you were going to condition your female counterpart, then yes. uh, what's the best way to do that that's different than you know the way you would do it with a with a male
2: uh, you got me there I don't <laughs> know what the different would way would be
1: well, here's you, the thing yeah it, it's
2: all about the way you behave. Not the way, it's training is really about how you behave, not how the other person behaves. So it, it, bottom line is when we talk about training, the, the funny thing in the articles, it's really trying to get people to act differently toward their mates. So bottom line is if you want to, let's say as A man to deal with with a woman the only thing differently you would do is to find out and it would be specific to Sarah is you want to present something that's pleasurable or gratifying to her so if she does something you want to give to her what she would really like and that may be it's generally some form of appreciation if there's any general any general tip I can give is give appreciation. But for some people, um, it's it may be, like for a man, he may want something physical and may want something sexual and may want something um, uh, more behavioral or doing something, and that may be a form of appreciation he really likes, like a kiss or a hug or something like that. A woman or Sarah, I don't know, you could ask her and he, she might say, let's, I'm, Sarah, I'm putting words in your mouth, if you <laughs> correct me. But you might say, you know what I'd really like is just for you to say, you know, honey, that means so much to me. Thank you so much. And that, that would be exactly the right thing then. It's you, you've got to figure out how to give and act toward your mate. The big mistake, you know, it's often a joke like on Valentine's Day. Guys will go out and buy uh, their girlfriends a negligee, <laughs> and, and often, and you know, if the girlfriend wants a negligee, that's great. But if, if she'd really prefer a romantic dinner, then wouldn't that be the better thing to give to her? Right. Um, so you really want to figure out what the other person wants.
1: Excellent and great information there. So now it's yeah. time for our favorite part of the interview—the lasting love round.
0: <laughs> we'll ask right you on. <laughs> right on. We'll ask you a series of questions, and you'll respond with even more great information that you've already given us to help set the foundation for a lasting relationship.
1: We love it. Our listeners love it. So, Greg, are you ready to help us build lasting love?
2: I
0: am. I am. <laughs> Uh, what's one thing couples can do on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? And I know we've kind of touched on this in a bunch of different areas, but if you can just pick one, what would it be?
2: Uh, express gratitude in the relationship. So, if, if I, to, the different ways of doing that, to hug, kiss when the person comes, when someone comes home, kiss them at the front door. Hug them goodbye, kiss them goodbye, kiss them when you wake up in the morning, express gratitude when you go to bed at night. Just show that you're happy to be there. That would be the one thing.
1: Is there a book or resource you recommend for couples?
2: There are two books I really like uh, for couples. One is Divorce Busting by Michelle Wiener Davis. This is a book usually given to people uh, when they're, when the relationship's in big trouble. Um, So if couples are really in a fix, this is the best book to get. It's called Divorce Busting, and it really follows the principles I like to teach, that if you want your mate to change, you had better make a change yourself. You can't expect them to do it. You have to make the change in the relationship, and it gives people power to take responsibility, um, and so they can actually make changes happen. And it's really a wonderful book. The other book I highly recommend is um, by John and Julie Gottman, and that is The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. Um, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. Actually, it's by John Gottman and Nancy Silver. Um, But Julie Gottman is, is John Gottman's wife, and he's is, and her, he, she's his research partner, and so much of the research comes from the two of them. But that particular book is really to help strengthen couples, and it gives people scientifically-based principles in which they can really make improvements in their relationships and do what I was talking about before, to build a solid foundation for their relationship and to recognize when things are starting to go off track and what to do about it.
0: Great. And that information and those resources are also going to be on our website at iDoPodcast on your show notes page so our listeners know to go there and access those awesome recommendations that you just gave. So we're getting married this year, like I said earlier. Is there any advice that you would give newlyweds or engaged couples?
2: The finance, the sex, you (laughs) got to know that what you guys want for kids. Um, I'm you'd talk about that.
0: Yes. <laughs> this can really,
2: this can torpedo couples when you don't talk about right. these things. Um, so these are all the, you know, you know all the basic stuff right. and I hope you had the birds and beads talk. I mean, if not, I would consult your mother. Um, <laughs> but yes, this is all, all very important. And of course, um, about how you see those things, the biggest problem I see in, in marriages is people go in with assumptions and expectations. And the assumptions and expectations are that they, marriage is something they expect it to be and they expect their partner to see it the same way they do. You gotta speak what your expectations are. You gotta talk about what marriage is for you and how you want to live it and how you want to see yourself. And also marriage, once you just get married, this is great. Like it's an amazing time. But once you're a year into marriage, two years, five years, 10 years, I mean, things start to change in different ways. So you, it's good to start the habits now about how to address um, communication in the relationship so you don't drift apart. And that really is finding ways to talk to each other about problems and handle conflicts. And a good thing to do right now, too, is to start putting money in your emotional bank. I do this with couples a lot is that John, actually John and Julie Gottman, one of their big research findings was that for every five positives in a relationship, um, it weighs about the same as one negative in a relationship. So negatives are very heavy. So when something negative comes up in a relationship, you basically take five positives out, like you're withdrawing five positives. So what you want to do now and on through your relationship is to build your emotional bank and that's doing positive little things for your partner every day. And that continues to build a culture in the relationship where it's positive. And that can be things like you see that you see, they're looking for the remote, you hand them the remote, you If they say, isn't it a lovely day? You go, yeah, it really is. Instead of saying, are you kidding? It's gray out. That would be a negative. Yeah. So it's, it's just building these little things that build your emotional bank so that when you do run into a problem, you have a lot of, a lot of capital to handle it for emergency capital and that you can weather those, those tough storms. So that would be the thing I would say right now. That's the thing to build on.
1: I love it. I love that analogy. It's great. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say you got to put money in your bank account and I said, well, then we've got to make more money but I love, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, I love. You know it. what?
2: Your emotional bank account is going to be more valuable to you than any it, financial bank account. It,
1: exactly. <laughs> I love it.
2: Well.
1: If you could give just one piece of advice for a successful relationship, what would it be?
2: Um, you know, go back to something I said earlier but it would really be support your partner in their dreams. That'd be the bottom line, support your partner in their dreams. And I had a stunning moment this morning um, when my partner said to me, um, um, thank you for always allowing me to be me. And thank you for supporting me and being me and um, and doing what I want. And that was a, that was an incredibly emotional moment, um, and this is this is on the heels of a lot of stuff. But it was meaningful to be appreciated back for um, to me for supporting somebody else, and and that really is the key. So find what your partner wants. So Sarah, you find what Chase really wants in this world, and Chase find what Sarah really wants in this world, and find ways to help them. Help each of you accomplish those things, and that could be family, it could be career, it could be um, personal growth, whatever it is. But really support your partner in that dream.
0: It is really a great feeling to know that your partner does support you because you know being in other relationships or past relationships where that's an issue, it takes a huge load off you, and you just feel just feel so much more happier in the relationship. It makes a difference.
2: It is everything, isn't it, Sarah? When you know that someone has your back, it's just—it's absolutely amazing. When you know you could fall backwards and someone would catch you, um, it's its an incredible strength and one we can't take for granted.
1: I love it. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you for that awesome piece of information. Thanks, Chase.
0: Well, Dr. Gregg, we've really enjoyed hearing all your advice today and every piece of information that you've given us. Um, so let's finish off by letting our audience and our listeners know where they can reach you, and then we'll say goodbye.
2: All right. Well, actually, it's pretty easy to, to find me on the web. Just go to drgreg.com. that's D-R-G-R-E-G dot com. C-O-M. And uh, if you wanted to call me, I don't, nobody calls these days, do they? I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Uh, actually, I have a toll-free number, which people actually send texts to, and I always have to tell them, you know, no text works for that number, but thanks. Uh, but I do have a toll-free number. Uh, it's basically eight seven seven four doctor greg So that's pretty easy.
1: Awesome. Our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be there in the archives.
0: And again, we want to thank you so much for taking your time. And this has just been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank
2: you. Thank you. You guys, you were great. It was really a pleasure. So thank you.
0: Are you interested in learning five ways to improve your relationship on a daily basis? How about five tips for engaged couples or newlyweds? This information and more is our free gift to you when you go to IDupodcast.com and subscribe to our mailing list. Thank you so much for joining us today on I Do Podcast. Head on over
1: to idopodcast.com for full recaps of every show, relationship resources, tips, and advice.
0: Your path to a successful and lasting relationship awaits you. Are you ready to create lasting love?
1: You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com.